We're going to go through a few passages because this is somewhat of a topical message, a little bit different kind than I, I preached in a while. Uh, the, the title of it is, What is Leaven? I was supposed to do this last Sunday night, but did not feel good enough really to do it. Didn't want to do it injustice. And so I had uh, Chris preach, who did a nice job in his preaching. And so let's uh, take our Matthew chapter 16, verses 6 through 12. Then I'm going to go to Mark 8. 8.15, so you don't have to worry about all that. You can, you really don't need to know about all those places. If you want to go there and write those down, that's wonderful. But I'm going to be moving them pretty quickly through this because I have a few things that I need to emphasize that I want to make sure we get to. Right, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we come, pray to, we come tonight before the throne of grace. We pray that your hand will be upon the word of God. Save us, save us from what you warned uh, your, your apostles, disciples, and us about, what you're warning us about. It says, and I believe it in the book of Psalms, that in them, by the scriptures, we're warned. And in keeping them, there's a great reward. Help us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 16, 6, And Jesus said unto them, Take heed... And beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. For the reason among themselves, saying, Is it because we have now taken no bread? Of which when Jesus perceived that he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves? Because you have not brought bread. Brought, You have brought no bread. Do ye not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves and the five thousand, how many baskets ye took up, neither the seven loaves and the four thousand, how many baskets ye took up? How is it that you do not understand that I spake unto you concerning bread? I did not, I have, I, I spake it not to you concerning bread. I'm trying to make, read this right. He said, I'm not talking about bread. That you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And what is that? They understood, then understood they how that he bade them not to beware of the leaven bread, leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So he was directly referring to the doctrine or teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees as leaven. Everybody in their day knew leaven. I'll define a little bit more about that. They knew they knew leaven. We're not as familiar with it now. We really don't use it a lot. My, I don't think my wife ever used leaven. Uh, she doesn't probably know what it is and know how to use it because uh, she's a restaurant girl. But anyways, Mark chapter 8, verse 15. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And then I, and I'm reading this verse because I wanted to add, and he adds it here, and of the leaven of Herod, or the Herodians. So you had three major groups. You had the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Herodians uh, of Jesus' day when he came to reveal himself. The word leaven is just, uh, it's a small portion of a fermented dough used to ferment other dough, often symbolizing a corrupting influence. Through the Bible, it refers to a corrupting influence. A common bread of the Old Testament was made with leaven. There's nothing wrong with eating leaven. I mean, they ate bread with leaven. In the New Testament, leaven is a symbol of any evil influence, which if allowed to remain, can corrupt the rest of the body uh, of believers and hurt them. So 
it's been said, I mean, rightfully so, that leaven represents evil in the Bible when it's not speaking of actual bread. Because you can eat leavened bread. There's no problem with that. But when it's uh, referring to really the process of how you can take a piece of a piece of leaven and put it with the unleavened bread, and it'll infect the whole, or not infect, but it'll influence all of the uh, unleavened bread and make it leaven. And so the, the, the ability for it to do that is what we're talking about. So that's what we want to make clear. The trouble with many churches today is they've decided not just, not just allow leaven to stay in their midst, but they invite it in and attempt to reform it. Um, you can't have open evil in your midst. You can't do it. It's, it's infecting. You can't have false doctrine in your midst. It'll infect people and hurt them. Church discipline is a New Testament teaching. We've had to do it here at Gospel more than I wanted to for sure, probably seven, eight, nine times. We've had to take people that were bringing false something of leaven, if it were, if I may say that, into our body here that would have uh, hurt people, pull them off into some crazy teaching that's not biblical, and eventually divided them because can two walk together lest they be agreed? If anything ever divides you away from Gospel Baptist Church, it'll be that you disagree on doctrine. If you disagree with us on doctrine, that will divide you. It'll divide you from your wife, husbands. It'll divide you from wives. It'll divide you from your husbands. Ideology will divide you from your children. good, fast way to lose your children is to have them adopt or get poisoned by some other ideology that's not biblical and come home and believe differently than you do, and then they will eventually leave you and stay away from you. So how did Paul tell us to treat leaven in, the, in our midst? Well, we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and verses 6 through 8, and most of you know the context of this. There was an individual in the church of Corinth that was in the midst of doing something evil. He had, uh, it was an immoral thing. It was an immoral thing of such magnitude that even they said the Gentiles don't do this kind of immorality. And so the, the uh, Corinthian church just let it go. <clears throat> I think the modern church today allows evil to come in their midst, hoping that somebody, if they allow evil in their midst, it's going to reform it. <clears throat> but I can tell you biblically, and I'll stand on this, that evil influences good a whole lot more than good influences evil. That's biblical teaching. A little leaven, a little evil, will leaven the whole lump. It tells you, and in many other places in the Bible, beware about that. So evil has a very powerful influence, and if you allow evil to come into your midst with a hope of somehow winning it or changing it, uh, that is going to hurt you, and you'll not be as strong as you think you are. And what does Paul say? Well, they had this in the Corinthian church. They had this man who was in the midst of evil, and they weren't doing anything about it. They weren't doing any church discipline. And so they were just letting it go. And he says, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. There was that same thing Jesus was saying. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, that you, for, because you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover, Passover is sacrificed for us. And so he's basically the way he dealt with leaven is you had to take it out. The Bible talks about a scorner. 
how do we deal with a scorner? Well, you got to cast the scorner out. That's what Proverbs said. You got to cast the scorner out. There's, you're not. You I mean yeah. You're going to try to. You're going to try to meet with them, and you're going to try to convince them what they're doing is not right. This individual in Corinth there, he had evidently been talked to, but he wasn't willing to move away from this immorality, and uh, they had dealt with it. But then they didn't do anything about it. Their second step was they had to purge him out of the body of believers there. Paul said to do that. In fact, Paul said, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his body that his soul may be saved in the day of Jesus Christ. That's how serious Paul was about that. That's how serious Paul was concerned that they would let evil into their midst, open evil. In this church, we've had uh, people that have been members of Gospel Baptists uh, move in with other folks, move in, you know, and cohabitate. Now, that's all I knew they were doing, and they were cohabitating. But when a male and female live in the same house, what do you think is going on? Well, I could line 100 people up, and they'd say there's some, more, some sort of immorality happening there one time or another. If nothing else, it doesn't look good. And the Bible says flee from the very appearance of evil. So it just doesn't look good. And, I'm, I mean, I don't know if they were having immoral relationships or not, but I, I knew I called them up and said it doesn't look good. It's not biblically right. You need to move out. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. Ooh. I said, well, um, according to Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 and 17, my first step is I went to them individually. and said, you got to move apart. you got to move out. They didn't want to do it. So I said, and the second step is we're going to bring it for the deacon board. And we brought them for the deacon board, and, and we said the same thing, and we want you to move out. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. Ooh. I said, well, then our last step for you is we're going to bring it for the whole church and they're going to tell you to move out. And if you don't want to move out when the whole church tells you to move out, then we're going to treat you as a heathen or a publican. People say, you'll never win anybody like that. I'm not trying to win them. I'm trying to obey the Bible. I'm trying to obey the Bible. I'm not going to use human reasoning on that. I'm just going to obey the Bible and do what it said. Well, we went to the, they didn't go to the third step. They didn't require the whole church. They said, well, we'll just leave. And I said, I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay. I want you to get right. I want you to move apart. You're nice people who want to do right. I can't believe that you're being stubborn in this area. It's not right. And they said, well, we just, we just, you know, we just don't, we think it's okay. And so they left. We did what the Bible said. Galatians 5.9 says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. That's the warning that we took. We can't let this evil stay in here unaddressed. If you have an individual that in our membership or in our, and it comes to this in, engaging in immorality, we'll come to you. We'll come to that individual and we'll say it's wrong to be immoral. We'll give them the warnings of the Bible, flee fornication, all that other stuff. If they won't do that and they won't respond to that, then we, we have to ask them to leave. Now, we don't, we're not here to get rid of folks. We're here to get folks saved and get them living for God and doing right. But we've got to obey what the Bible says. You have to understand that God knows better than you know. You have to have enough sense to know that God knows something we don't know. You think? You think? He knows something we don't know. I think that's clear. So the very function of church discipline is to keep the leaven from infesting and infesting and, uh, and the unleavened the, the bread, if it were, people that are among us. And so how does, how does leaven manifest itself? Well, we have a pretty good example in Scripture of three groups, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Herodians. Let me go through this quickly with you. First of all, there's 11 of the Pharisees. Well, you want to write this down. It's a good outline. You want to, uh, the 11 of the Pharisees is twofold. 
and I'll read the scriptures, but I named it externalism. That's not a biblical term. It's my term, but it, it, you'll see why. Externalism manifests itself in, by hypocrisy. Uh, Luke 12, 1. In the meantime, there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, and so much they trod upon one another. And he began to say unto his disciples, First of all, beware of ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which Jesus defines as hypocrisy in Luke 12, 1. There is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. I don't know about you, but that's wild. Therefore, whosoever has spoken in dark, whatsoever you spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. That should scare you. And that which should have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. That should bother you if you've got any kind of conscience. Now, how are you going to avoid that? Trust Christ, your personal Savior. Because we're not going to be judged for our sins. Our sins are going to be judged in Christ. All my sins went to be judged in Christ. All that whispering and junk I've said in the secret and darkness and shouldn't have said, things that I did and shouldn't have seen I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have looked at and all that other stuff. By the grace of God, through the, through the saving grace of God, all of that goes upon the Lord Jesus Christ to be put upon his back as far as east and from the west, never to be remembered. You all say amen to that. I will be judged for my works. What did I do with the light I had? What did I do with the opportunity I had? What did I do with the brain he gave me? What did I do with the Bible he gave me? What did I do with the Bible? We're going to be judging how what we do with the Bible. That's opportunity right there. And so one of the most common religious sins, and I don't think it's just religious sin, but it's just sin, is hypocrisy. Matthew 23, 3, it says, All therefore, whosoever that bid you to observe, talking about the Pharisees, all therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe and observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. He just defined hypocrisy. That's a biblical definition of hypocrisy. They say and do not. They, they talk a big talk, but they don't walk a very big walk. A lot of times our mouths can go ahead of us and get us in bad trouble. He said in, in 23.5, but all their works they do for to be seen of men, uh, and they make broad their flactories and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uttermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues, the greetings in the market. They love to be called rabbi, rabbi. Uh, they like titles. Be not called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, for all, for all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Can you think of a violation that goes on there? Neither be called masters, for one is your master in Christ, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. So our spirit should be a spirit of servanthood, a spirit of transparency, a spirit of honesty. That should be, that should be the spirit of a Christian. Uh, it has been said you are what you are at home. You are what you are at home. Another statement is a measure of what you are is how you treat those under your authority. How do you treat people under your authority? Do you treat them as a sub-creature? 
as some sort of a lower species of life? Or do you treat them as an equal? It just happens to be under your authority in a particular job. Maybe you know more than they know about something. They haven't had the chance you've had, or maybe you got some more smarts than they do. And who gave you those smarts? God did. All things come from God. We got nothing to be cocky about. We got nothing to be arrogant about. Everything comes from God. So you should treat your, those people under your authority or in your employment or whatever uh, with respect and with dignity and with, with, with like you would, well, like you'd like to be treated. And that's the way you want to be treated? Men, if I went to your wife tonight to give your Christian testimony, to give your Christian testimony and tell what she really thought of your life in Christ, what would it be? Would you be scared? If I ask Red, Red, where's Red at? Nursery? If I ask Kathy, Kathy, come on up here and tell them what you think of me as a Christian. Jama, I want you to come up here and tell them what you really think Tom is as a Christian. And what if we took the ladies? And we said, Tom, tell us what kind of Christian Jamie is. Now, nobody's perfect, and we all fail many ways. But you should be getting right about all that. And it's not, a, it's not the sin to fail. It's the sin not to get right about it. You with me? We fail. We throw tamper tan- temper tantrums. We do stupid stuff. We break stuff. How many men in here have ever broken something in a fit of anger? Raise your hand. All of you come to man up. We need you to come. Well, I had this one woman work with my wife at the bank. She says, my husband turns into the Incredible Hulk three times a year. I said, well, explain. Well, he was out working on the uh, uh, sprinkler system the other day, she said, and he tried to get something and it didn't work. He tried to do something. Again. He grabbed the pipe and ripped it right out of the ground. I know what he feels like. One time my helper that was with me, Larry Conger was his name. Larry Conger, by the way, got to be a Christian. Was good, got saved. But when he first got when he first started working with me, he didn't know that I don't play music when I work. I don't play music when I work. I like quiet. So he had brought a boombox one day. And he never said anything about it. He put on some, he liked country music, you know, twang, da dang. I got a, I got a, I got a pickup painted with four different colors of primer, four different kinds of tires. I got a Chevy engine and a Ford with a, with a uh, Chrysler transmission. I mean, that's the old hillbilly truck. And so he started playing that thing. And I said, now, now, now Larry, I want you to turn that off. Oh, man, he said, that helps me work better. I said, yeah, but. It don't help me work better, and I don't also it doesn't represent who I am as a Christian, and the people we're working for may not like it either. So let's just not go through all that, just put it away. So pretty soon he's got that thing back on. I just took it, I went over there and grabbed the thing, went out of the driveway and slammed that thing down in the driveway, and parts took off over there, parts broke. And he said, I said, I said, we'll be done with that music. 
He goes, I guess we will. I had to buy him a new deal. I asked him to forgive me for that. Nobody's angelic, but some people are angelic in public. That was the Pharisees. They were, the, they were publicly angelic. Privately, they were ravenous wolves. They, 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 uh, they, were, they, were, they were trying to get widows' money. And so they'd go to a widow and they'd talk nicely to her and they would pray with her and they would, you know, pay attention to her and, and hoping that, that she would, you know, cough up some money. That's what Jesus said about them. They were inside, they were ravenous wolves. Parents, what if, one, what if one, I could ask one of your kids to come up here and openly and honestly tell what kind of a Christian mom and dad were at home? A kid knows the parents. They hear, they hear what's going on. What kind of a Christian would your kids say you were? And what am I getting at? Don't be a Pharisee. Don't, don't be hypocritical. Don't have, a, don't have a public face and a private face. Have one face, you know? I mean, I realize in private, it's private, and that's what it is, and you don't say things in private necessarily you'd ever say in public. I get all that, but you need to be the kind of, you need to be a Christian publicly and privately. The Pharisees were public Christians, but they weren't private Christian. They weren't Christian at all. I'm talking about you. Don't, don't be a... The sin of Pharisees was not, a lot of people say you're Pharisaical when you're trying to follow the Bible exactly. I've been called Pharisaical. Oh, you guys down there are gospel Pharisees. I said, well, how do you mean that? Well, you guys are legalistic. Well, what is, well, how do you mean that? What does it mean? Legalistic, does that mean we care about what the Bible says and want to follow it? Is that bad? Because that's not really what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about, really. What, what legalism really is is saying one thing and doing another. Saying one thing and doing another is, is what it, and that's what was condemned by Jesus. That's simply externalism. The Pharisees, and the Pharisees secondly in, in Luke 16, 14, the Bible Jesus said in Luke 16, 14, the Pharisees also who were covetous heard all these things and they derided him. Covetous, they, they, they wanted what other people had. They they replaced God with things, externalism. That's what they had at bad. You don't want that. You don't want that. The second group that's mentioned is the Sadducees. I label their sin, their leaven, with skepticism. If you read Matthew chapter 22, verse 23 through 32 or so, it talks about them and now, the Bible says clearly they didn't believe in supernatural. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in miracles. They, they didn't believe, and yet they, they, they would uh, approach Jesus and talk about the resurrection. In Matthew 22, 30, it says, for in, they said to Jesus, for in the resurrection, they neither, Jesus said, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but in the angels of God. They, they talked about this guy who had a wife, and uh, uh, this woman who had a husband, and he died, and had another husband, and he died, and a who, you know, had seven of them, they all died. In the, res in the resurrection, whose, whose wife should you be? Well, first of all, they don't even believe the resurrection. 
They didn't believe in any of that. They were, they were skeptics of the Bible. How many people I meet will talk Bible, but they're skeptical? I just talked to Dr. Bailey. He came back from Israel, and he talked about how the, he can't believe how these tour guides know so much Bible, but they have no faith. Knowledge does not equate faith. Faith and knowledge are not the same thing. And so he said to the guy, you know the Bible so well. Why don't you believe it? He's just, he says, we're just skeptical, skeptical. The sin of the, the hypocrisy and the leaven of the Sadducees was skepticism. Don't you have that? Stay away from it. Thirdly, the, the third thing I want to talk about to tonight is the, the, the leaven of the Herodians. What was the problem with the Herodians? Materialism. Or you could say sensualism, not sexualism, but sensualism. It has to do with uh, pleasures, loving pleasure more than God. And he said uh, in verse 22 of chapter, of chapter 22, verse 16 of Matthew, they sent out unto him uh, their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth, neither carest for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. That's why they didn't believe any of that. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? They, they were trying to catch him in his words. He knew their duplicity. He knew their hypocrisy. Uh, he knew their, their materialistic spirit, especially with the Herodians. He, the Bible says in verse 18 of chapter 22 of Matthew, he perceived their wickedness. He said, why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me tribute money. Most of you know it. A penny. He says, whose image or superscription is on it? He says, Caesar's. Well, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. They went away, by the way, and it, it, knocked, it wowed them and knocked their socks off to the place they never even came back and tried to tempt him again then. They marveled and went their way. They were concerned about the Herodians, if by history and anything we know in history and Bible, they were concerned with, with eat, drink, and be married, or tomorrow we die. They didn't, they didn't believe in religious things. They didn't. Uh, they were, they were uh, just into sensuality, things that were, pleased them, their body. You know, Christians can be sensual. What I mean, not, not sexual, but sensual. I mean, everything can be about their body. Everything can be about whether I'm comfortable. Everything can be about uh, the way I look, uh, you know, the way I feel. And it's a feely, feely touchy. Whoa, feely touchy stuff. That That's... Part of this, what the Herodians were, they, they wanted to please themselves more than they wanted to please God. They used money to gratify their sensual desires of the flesh. Their slogan would have been, if it feels good, do it. That would have been the slogan of the Herodians. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, 4, when it gives a list of sins, it's called traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You don't want to be that. In Titus 3.3, 3, it says, We ourselves are also sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts, pleasures, pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. You don't want to treat yourself too good. Well, that isn't popular. But you want to be careful about treating yourself too good. I, I, told, I talked to somebody one time that said that they went somewhere and the woman spent five thousand dollars in uh, in in uh, massages and getting her nails done and getting her face done and getting her back done, her feet done, and all this other stuff. Five thousand dollars. God forbid. 
that I would care about my body enough to spend that kind of money. Now, reasonableness, okay? You got to have reasonableness. If your teeth are rotten out of your head, get them fixed. You need to eat. You need to be able to chew. I go into the dentist. They do everything they could to keep the teeth. I said, I'm 71 years old. Hold it. He said, no, no. No, no, we want to keep. Our goal is to always keep all your teeth because you're going to have to chew. You're always going to need your teeth to chew. And I said, okay, okay. You know what I'm talking about. They always want to keep your teeth, keep your teeth. They said, man, I went in there one time. I was biting my cheek. Anybody in here bites their cheek? It's horrible. It's horrible. I was, I was biting my cheek at night. And, man, I was just suffering. It would swell. Of course, when you bite your cheek, then it swells. Then you bite your cheek again. And then it swells some more. And you bite your cheek again. You almost can't get out of the thing. It's terrible. And, I mean, man, I was miserable. I went and had a, a thing I put in my mouth at night to keep my cheeks. <laughs> to keep my cheeks out away from my teeth. I finally got so frustrated I went into the dentist and I said, pull all these teeth. I said, pull them all. You know, oh, man, it's just like, it's like the uh, abomination of desecration. I mean, he just said, what in the world? Where are you going to pull? I said, no, pull them. He said, well, I, I, I don't want to pull them. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I said, well, then I want you to uh, round them off. Round them off. Take all the sharp edges off. He did that. He, my teeth are on this side are all round. You don't need all them sharp edges, brother. I round them teeth, so he rounded those teeth out and got all that done. I'm not telling you if you don't have some problems, don't get them fixed, but brother, be careful about babying yourself. Do you think, you think some of that could be in the age, uh, overrunning the areas of, of, of pleasures, lovers of pleasures? Yet when you're trying to get a missionary in here, you want to give a little money and help a missionary down the road, you're tight-fisted. You don't want to be that way. You don't want to be that way. I believe we need to be careful of externalism, skepticism, and sensualism. The Bible says they're all leaven. And a little leaven, leaven's a whole lump. Don't hang around people that are, that are open and open uh, wicked sin because it may, inf- may infect. Now, I'm not saying you don't mix with sinners. You don't. You can casually mix with sinners, but don't spend a lot of time with unsaved people because evil influences good more than good influences evil. And so pretty soon you may be influenced by the leaven that they have in their life. You can tell them about Jesus. You can encourage them to live for God. You can do well, but there's nothing wrong with any of that, but beware. Beware. Our Heavenly Father tonight, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the Bible. To be, help us to beware of leaven. Keep us from the leaven of the Pharisees. Keep us from the leaven of the Sadducees. Keep us from the leaven of the Herodians. Oh, Lord Jesus, may we have the spirit of the living God. May we have a, a, an honesty and a transparency as, as a little child. May we be small in our own sight. May, may Father, we be truthful in everything we do. Lord God, help us to be just like the Lord Jesus Christ. May we be conformed to his image. May your blessed Holy Spirit make us into his image. In Jesus' precious name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, 
or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.